We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With that said, Jesse, are you ready for rapid fire? Yeah, I, I've been fired up about rapid fire all day, so I, I'm, I'm ready to get right. into this. All right. Well, I'm, I'm really interested to see where this goes then, if you're fired up for it. It's Marcus Freeman's birthday, so what is the birthday present Marcus Freeman needs the most? I think the, bir- the, the, the birthday present that Marcus Freeman needs the, both, or the most, wow, is just to sit back and relax for like a week or two, you know, maybe a week. I know you can't really sit still being a head coach of a program, but I just need him. I know he's been running around in the first year. I know he's been under the pressure of the first year, had to put together a staff relatively quickly, you know, lost some games that he probably shouldn't have finished the season strong, has been recruiting his butt off. You know, he's, he's one of the lead recruiters as a head coach. I just think for his birthday, he needs to sit back and maybe just chill out for a little bit, you know, hang out with his family, not touch the phone for a week or so, and just decompress a little bit, get away from things, refresh, and then really commit, you know, to this next season. Cause I think this is really where he's going to be judged in this next season coming up. And, you know, especially you know, it, like, like we talked about eight and four, obviously not what you want at Notre Dame, but considering the schedule, considering, you know, the, the roster turnover at some key positions um, and, you know, some of the, the coaching changes as well. I just think it'd be nice to sit back, reflect and get a little bit of time off. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good one, especially when you look at how his December went, man, with like recruiting. They were flying all over the country and, you know, down there trying to wrap up Peyton Bowen didn't quite go their way, but they were they were wearing that jet out, man, like like locking this recruiting class up. And then you get back and you're going through bowl practice and and all this other stuff, you know, and then you've got signing day coming up. You're dealing with transfer portal. You're out there trying to recruit guys out of the transfer portal as well. You're probably right. Some rest would be it. But I'm just going to say a big <laughs> pile of NIL cash is what I would want for Marcus <laughs> Freeman for his birthday. So, you know, you can get those, you know, get get the people from development out there. Get them out there on the fundraising trail. You can't tell me, you know, if they can endow these coaching positions that they can't go out and, uh, you know, come out <clears throat> collectively and, uh, you know, do something to help Notre Dame so that uh, they can win a few more of these battles. So they can, you know, they can win a big battle or two and you're not losing out on the big boys there at the end, you know? So that that's, that's what I would get him because, 
you know, if if it was a completely level playing field and Marcus Freeman gets to, uh, um, you know, go out there and and you know, compete on a level playing field like everybody else, like some of these other schools, I, I think that that the recruiting class would have ended up potentially being in that one, two, three range someplace. Maybe it still ends up being there someplace, but that's what I would get him. Anthony said two stud defensive linemen is what he would get him. And, you know, that is hard to disagree with as well. And they got an NIL director, but do they have an NIL benefactor is what I want to <laughs> Who's know. Who's pumping the Again, money to the director? That's exactly right. There is still, you know, there's still NIL at Notre Dame, as we've talked about, but I'm talking about the ability to go out and win some of these recruiting battles with it. That's that's what I would get him for his birthday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Fill in the blank, Jesse. It's blank that J.D. Bertrand said before the Gator Bowl, that Jalen Sneed reminds him of Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, quote, those instances when you can see that are super exciting, end quote. Um, I think it's very exciting or very, uh, what's the word? Like, it's hard to put this into one word, like forth or foreshadowing. Uh, you know, it's it, we keep hearing all these great things about, you know, what, what he can do. But it, at the end of the day, I just need to see it you know, on the field. And I know we're going to see, I know it's in due time. Jalen Sneed was a true freshman. Um, but to get that kind of comparison to JOK, I think is great because JOK, 
is a guy who was very versatile. And I think that was his number one strength is that he could do a lot of things. He could tackle you in the box, right? He could fit you up. He could tackle you on the perimeter. He had speed. He could cover you like a safety. He could, you know, there was no liabilities in JOK's game. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what made him, you know, the freak athlete that he was. And if you can make those comments about Jalen Sneed now, I think that he could be like a more juiced up JOK because in my eyes, JOK was a, a little undersized, right? Like if he was playing safety, I think he'd be perfect. But if you're playing linebacker, I think you're a little bit undersized, but he makes up for that by his physicality mm-hmm. and the way he can tackle in the open field. And I think Jalen Sneed's a little bit buffer, a little bit taller, a little bit quicker. And so if you can if you can combine that with, you know, JOK's performance uh, on the field, I think that you have something great uh, potentially coming up or the, the foreshadowing for what he can be is terrific. And I realize it's hard to be patient waiting for some of these guys when you look at, at at their potential and you see the recruiting rankings coming in the door and you see the kind of athleticism and speed and all this kind of stuff that they had. But remember, Awusu Koromoa didn't play at all as a freshman. And then the next year as a sophomore, he only played in like two games. So two games in his first two years. And again, you know, again, I, I know it's tough. To, to wait for some of this talent. And there was some question about, man, is this guy ever going to cut it? Well, all of a sudden, then he shows up 13 games as a junior, and he he's the team leader in tackles. And then his senior season, what's he do? He wins the Butkus Award as the best linebacker in the country. Now, again, I, I know nobody wants to wait that long for a guy like Jalen Sneed with as much talent as we know that he has. But again, like we're talking about a direct comparison to Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa, and even JOK took some time to cook a little bit before it all came together for him. So let's hope that everyone can remain patient. You know, him, the coaches, fans, everybody. But I've got a feeling that that when it's all said and done, we're going to see another great one when, when Jalen Steed does get out there on the field. We've seen some flashes. There's still a lot of upside for him. So, Jesse, do you think expanding the playoffs will give us a better chance to have a more competitive national championship game than what we saw last night? What impact do you think that'll have? I think that expanding the playoff to a certain extent will provide some relief in in the game that we saw last night because it's only that many more rounds that a potential, quote unquote, maybe fraudulent team would have to go through of playing better and better opponents before reaching the national championship. Like, sure. You could potentially get lucky and squeak by, you know, the first game. But the chances of you getting lucky and squeaking by the second game and the third game are very slim because, you know, miraculous moments, you can't they don't just line up and keep happening over and over again. So for me, I think the more again, the data points you add, the more you know opportunities or chances that these teams have to go through. It's just not a one week wonder, because I do think in certain weeks you know, nine out of 10 times, 10 times a team will win, but there's always that one out of 10 team time, but can they do it? Can they consistently hit on one out of 10 chances, you know, week after week after week. So for me, I think that it's actually going to help strengthen uh, the championship game by the time it all funnels down into it. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about Nick Saban here in a minute, but if Alabama and Nick Saban were in the playoffs and in a 12 team field, Alabama would have been in the playoff this year, you know, like, would TCU have wanted to have to go through that for a chance even to get to the semifinal, let alone to the championship game? I think that more of these teams 
are going to, you know, the, the more rounds you have to play, the better chance you have of being exposed. Now, it might still mean that in the end, you're going to end up with a couple of SEC teams playing for the championship. That very well may happen. Or, you know, maybe it's SEC, Big Ten, whatever it happens to be. Or, you know, SEC and Notre Dame, for that matter. But I think that adding more rounds, just what you said, that's one more hoop that you have to jump through. And it is, it's going to be harder for some of these Cinderella's to make it all the way. But that, that doesn't mean it still won't be fun in the early rounds when maybe, you know, like in, in those, those first round games that you're going to have on campus, you could still see some shootouts and some really exciting games. But just like with the, with the basketball tournament, as things progress, the cream rises to the top. And so I think that, you know, this is still a one-off. You know, we haven't seen a lot of truly lopsided games. We've seen some other lopsided games, but I think that uh, adding rounds to the playoff will uh, will definitely make it. You know, like if Tennessee had been in there this year with a healthy Hendon Hooker, like that's not a team that Tennessee wants to have to play either, you know. So yeah, I, I think it's – I think that ultimately it's it's going to be good. It's going to I think it will give us a better chance to have better championship games as you add a couple more rounds to this thing. Fill in the blank, Jess. It's blank that with Nick Saban sitting right next to him at halftime of the game last night, ESPN's David Pollock said that Georgia quote has taken hold of college football end quote, which drew an interesting look from Saban. I have like three that I could fill in here, and I don't know how to make it all into one word. I thought it was gutsy. I thought it was comical. Um, and, yeah, I, I just – you know, overall, this is why people like David Pollock frustrate me because it's a lot like Desmond Howard. You get you get one chance – not one chance. You're out, you, your job is to go out there and speak unbiasedly about, you know, the overall bigger picture. And I just feel like sometimes Desmond and, and David – let their kind of alma maters get in the way of, you know, the overall bigger picture. And I just want to point out a couple stats here, right? Like Georgia has won back-to-back national championships. Fine. Yeah. That's really hard to do. That's great. But before last season, their 2021 title, they haven't won a title since 1980. I just want to, you know, I, I just want to, you know, point out that Nick Saban has won six national championships since his time at Alabama and he's gone to nine others. So, you know, when we're talking about a guy who's won six and you have two since, you know, 1980, I, I understand that Georgia's on a hot streak right now, but when we're talking overall landscape year in, year out, the last, you know, 15 years or so have been owned by Alabama. Every year Alabama is in the conversation, you know, whether or not they're in the championship, they're probably the first team left out and everyone argues that they should be let in. So, is Georgia doing great things? Yeah, but come on. Saban has nine national championship appearances. He has more appearances in the national championship at Alabama than he has non-appearances. And then you throw in the fact that he's got six championship rings in that span. I just – I don't think anyone's touching him, honestly. This might be well, the greatest run we've seen of all time. All right, so you're going to stick up for Saban. I don't think – you know, Pollock wasn't like challenging Saban by any means, but – you know, first, you know, like you talked about the fact that before these two years, it had been since 1980 when Herschel Walker was at Georgia since they won their last national championship. And it's interesting because when I was at the University of Kansas, Glenn Mason was the head football coach. And he kind of, you know, 
at that time, like going to the Aloha Bowl and, you know, winning a few games, you know, like they were Kansas football was as riding as high as they had been in those early 90s. And Glenn Mason actually had the chance to go to become George's head football coach. And at that time, this was like around 94, I want to say, 93, 94. He had the chance to go to Georgia. And I think he actually originally took it and then he turned it down. And what everyone was saying at the time was it was a lateral move. Like to go from Kansas to Georgia was a lateral <laughs> move. Now, again, this has been going on 30 years ago, but that's also only about 14 years after they had won a national championship with Herschel Walker. So, like, just think about that. So, so Glenn Mason stays for another couple of years, and he ends up going and taking the job at Minnesota. I mean, you talk about lateral moves, and, you know, now, of course, I think he's still with the Big Ten Network. But my point is, you know, the perception of these programs can change, and obviously the complexion of college football has changed a lot when you talk about recruiting hotbeds and, and you know, different things you can do, you know, in terms of getting guys in the door and stuff like that at a place like Georgia, you know, like they talk about Stetson Bennett as a walk-on and all this stuff. Oh, he was a walk-on. Well, at Georgia and at some of these schools in the South, they have what's called the Hope Scholarship. So as long as you get, you know, like a B average in high school, you can get the Hope Scholarship and, and everything's paid for still. So you're taking a lot less of a risk to get a walk-on in the door and have them on your practice field and see what you can do when you don't have to, you know, when, when they don't have to worry about paying to go to school and, you know, they've got everything paid for, but, you know, so that's kind of a different story. Now let's focus back on the Pollock comments. I just thought that, you know, it was, it was gonads of steel for Pollock. You know, you can say that he's biased and whatever else, but Nick Saban is saying, right, you know, sitting right next to you while you're saying this, it's one thing to say it and Saban's sitting home watching, you know, on TV or whatever, but he, when he's sitting two feet from you and you're like, Georgia has taken hold of college football, I'm basically saying they've taken over college football. You know, it's, 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 it's a pretty bold uh, statement to make. So I, I give him kudos for saying it. But you're right. You know, these guys all have their school allegiances, and I think they play to their base sometimes. If there was a Notre Dame guy sitting in that booth as well. I think that, you know, you'd be saying that about him or other, you know, people from other schools anyway would be saying that about him. But I just thought it was a a pretty pretty bold statement for, for Pollock to make with Nick Saban sitting right next to him. You're right. You know, Nick Saban still runs the roost and they just missed out on the playoff this year. And probably all he did was motivate him to get <laughs> Alabama back <laughs> Well, that's and that's what I mean. Like at this point, you, you're only doing things to motivate someone like Nick Saban because he has, you know, such a high winning pedigree. I think that he's constantly kind of looking for new motivation. And when Pollock just sends, you know, a stray bullet like that out of nowhere, I'm sure that he, you know, kind of takes that as some motivation. Yep. Yeah. And that's, you know, like, like Derek said, definite slap to Alabama's face. And Sean says, don't poke the bear, Pollock, and that's probably all they've done. They've just poked the bear because every time you start to write off Nick Saban, here he comes again. And again, like this thing's going to expand to 12 in a couple of years, and assuming Nick Saban is still there, they're, they're pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot every year with a 12-team format. So you're, no one's going to want to have to play Alabama in the early rounds if they're not a top-four seed, I guarantee that. 
So Jesse, here's here's my Dallas Cowboys question to you today. And I think I saw somebody bring this up the other. I can't remember who it was now with all these hot takes that have been flying fast and furious over the last few days. Would you trade the Cowboys losing to Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs if it means they fire Mike McCarthy and hire Sean Payton as head coach next year? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, 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 and even some more no. You know, everyone talks about what's well, what's the Cowboys' biggest thing. They they have these great, you know, regular seasons. Uh, they get into the playoffs, and they never do anything in the playoffs. I will always take playoff wins no matter what. Um, I And another thing I'm going to double down on here, and I think this might surprise you, I like Mike McCarthy. I like what he's done in the last two years. I think in his first three seasons, year one, he didn't have Dak. Obviously, a tough season, had a losing season, but with a fully healthy quarterback, uh, he's 12 and five in his last two seasons. I would take 12 and five from my head coach every year going forward. And I don't know what Sean Payton's going to change in the regular season. Is he going to maybe go, you know, 13 and four? Is he going to go, you know, 14 and three? 12 and five is very respectable. That's going to get you into the playoffs every single season. I think, you know, I, I was, if you would have even asked me this question probably a, a two months ago, I would have absolutely called you crazy. But, you know, unfortunately, the Cowboys have been going through their back end kind of season here with a couple key injuries. They lose two corners uh, out of their secondary. They use, lose two different offensive lines. They're kind of going through a different offensive line rotation right now. They lose their Mike linebacker. Uh, so the defense has kind of been sputtering a little bit. You know, when this team plays, the, the when this defense plays how they're supposed to, uh, and this offense, when, <laughs> when, when, the, when the offense uh, plays how they're supposed to as well, I when. don't think this is a bad team. And I think that Mike McCarthy is a good coach. Last season, they led the league in penalties. Now they're the 10th worst in penalties. Is it improvement? Yeah. Do you want to see it maybe a little bit better? Sure. Uh, but to me, I, I just, I'm okay with Mike McCarthy. I think the issues with the Cowboys go deeper than the head coach. I think that the, the head coach is just kind of a puppet at the end of the day. Um, and I don't know what coach would ultimately change that. Would someone like Sean Payton with a bigger personality change that? Sure. But at the end of the day, you're reporting to Jerry Jones and Jerry Jones ultimately makes a lot of the decisions. So to me, again, the head coach is a puppet figure. I'll take 12 and five every year. I will never say no to a playoff win ever. And I think they're going to win against the Buccaneers. They're going to oh, go boy. on and beat the Eagles. Now you've gone too far. And now you've then, gone too far. That's because just, theoretically, that's I can agree with most of everything you just said. You know, if you're going to sit here and guarantee a win, 
Monday night. I am. Put it Bay on the record. Put it on uh, the record. You're right. Your buddy Sean Kosky, your your college teammate, is absolutely right. You're delusional. I guarantee you sit win. here and guarantee that they're going to win. I have zero faith in that. You know, I have faith that they can be in it till the end, but I also have faith that Tom Brady is better than Dak Prescott, even right now. I'm just I'm discouraged by all these interceptions that Dak is throwing. It's it's the uneven play that bothers me the most about Mike McCarthy because things definitely seemed like they had gotten better this year in in year three under McCarthy. And then the middle of the season flips and you see just a lot of sloppy, uneven play, barely beating the Houston Texans. And, you know, I can, you can even forgive losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars because they ended up winning the AFC South. But had they not beaten Dallas, they wouldn't have won the South, I don't think. And, you know, you lose to a team that was playing its third string rookie quarterback to end the season. Why? Because of sloppy play. 10-3 and outs by the offense, and you're still back in Dak right now? I just, they I'm sorry, off. I'm not buying they that. Off. Now, now, as to the question itself, I actually agree with you on the answer to the question. I would not take this trade off because playoff wins are ultimately what we want, even if, you know, I'm not willing to go out on a limb and guarantee them. And the other thing with Sean Payton is, you know, you're right about the puppet thing. No, no matter who the head coach is, you're you're still a puppet with Jerry Jones. And I have no confidence that Jerry Jones would even let Sean Payton come in and clean house because if you know, that's ultimately what you need for the most part is a full clean house, unless you can keep Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator, keep him from becoming a head coach. But you're also going to have to give up draft picks to get Sean Payton because the Saints still hold the rights to Sean Payton. So anyone who wants him as their head coach is going to have to give up some draft picks. And the way the Cowboys operate specifically, they don't go out and invest a lot of money in big free agents from other teams. They do the, you know, they build, I think it's like 75 to 80% of their roster is homegrown guys. Like Jerry Jones falls in love with his draft picks and that's who he resigns is the draft picks. Because again, it plays to his ego to say that he's right about who he drafted to begin with. So uh, I, I don't like the Sean Payton deal because one, I want the playoff win, and two, you would have to give up, I think, too much in uh, in draft picks just to have the rights to you know to be able to to actually sign Sean Payton when it was all said and done. And I wouldn't want to give up that kind of draft capital when, as you said absolutely correctly, you're just a puppet when you're the head coach for the Cowboys anyway. To Jerry Jones, so yeah. Moral of the story: I'm never ever treating playoff wins especially with the Cowboys in my lifetime and I agree with what Mr. Michael is saying here I, I I think the Giants get it done I think the NFC East cleans slate this upcoming wild card weekend Ooh. and I'm I, I I'm I'm back and forth on that on that Giants Vikings game I can't decide who I like but the Vikings have a it's like a minus it's a minus something they've got a, a negative point differential <laughs> the, the worst season. of all time Vikings for a team with their four. record yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fill in the blank. The Dan Campbell led Detroit Lions are blank. <laughs> the Dan sorry, the Dan Campbell led Detroit Lions and this is a hard one for me because I love to bash on the Lions. They don't deserve it. It's it's the one sole reason why I like to bash the Lions. I I like the Lions. I like them more than the Bears. I like them more the Packers. I like them more than the Vikings. They're probably my favorite NFC North team, to be honest with you. But I still get texts and tweets 
sent to me about how, you know, the refs cheated and, and let the Cowboys win against the Lions in, in the playoffs a few years ago. And I have a good friend that's a big Lions fan. So at the end of the day, I love Dan Campbell. I think the Dan Campbell-led Lions are inspirational. They're hard-nosed. They're gritty. And they're going to play hard every week. They're going to give you their best shot. And I think this is this is ultimately where I thought the Lions were going to end up at this season. I thought that they were finally going to break that over 500 kind of bump this season. And they started out, I think, like two and six or whatever it was. And I was like, wow, I, I, I thought they had the talent. I thought they had the coaching, you know, to do it. But it's just it's due time before the Lions get get their, you know, run or crack at the, at the NFC North. I think next year is a big pivotal season for them. Um, but again, it, they're fun to watch. They're hard not to root for, and they're super gritty. And that's all that Dan Campbell is, is he's a gritty guy. That's, that's exactly right. You know, and I watched that hard knocks and at the beginning of the season, and you know how hard knocks is like, you can make any team look good, but even the lions, man, it was, it was hard to make them look good. And there's just, there's just not a lot on that roster. And, you know, the last thing, the very last scene of hard knocks, they asked Dan Campbell, what this team was going to be this season. And he probably, literally, he sat there for like 20 seconds, like scratching his head, moving his hat around, trying to figure out what to say, you know, because like I don't think he knew exactly what he was going to get because he knew that there's not necessarily a whole lot of talent on that roster. And basically what he said was, you know, we're going to play hard, we're going to, you know, come at you and and those kind of things. And that's exactly what you got from him this year and what was a relatively soft NFC North, the way they finished off the season, like in the way, the way they finished it specifically against the Packers the other night was just, was just glorious. They had nothing to play for. They went at the Packers. Their whole thing was, you know, we're just going to play our ball. They're physical up front. They're like, they're like everything that like, you know, a coach, you you know, like the stereotypical, what you want to hear from a coach, we're going to play hard and, you know, we're going to come at you. We're going to never quit and all those things. And that's exactly what they are. And, you know, Jared Goff is probably a better quarterback right now than Aaron Rodgers. And he definitely was two nights ago to finish off the season. So those uh, those 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 Lions, I, I hope they keep it going next year and actually win that division. That would be uh, fun to see as long as they don't have to play Dallas in the playoffs. But they're fun. They're, they're, they're fun to watch. And that was that was a fun game to watch the other night to see them knock the Packers out of the playoffs. Sorry to any Packers fans. Out there. No, I loved it. Ending Aaron Rodgers like that, uh, you know, closing out the door and not letting him get into the postseason. You know, that the, everything with Aaron Rodgers is kind of still up in the air. That could have potentially been his last game. And if so, I'm not I'm not upset about it. Is he a great player? Sure. But do I want to see him in the NFL any longer? No more. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Appreciate all the comments tonight. Had some fun and uh, happy birthday again to Marcus Freeman. Jess, appreciate it. As always, hit the like button if you would as you're watching on your way out the door tonight on the YouTube channel. And of course, give us a uh, five star rating on your podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review. Jess, I will talk to you later this week. Adios, my friend. We will talk to you later, Ivy Nation Sports Talk.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.